0: Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Planning for Spring Annual Forages. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Jerry Veleski, who's a range and forage specialist based at the West Central Research and Extension Center. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Aaron. Dr. Valeski, as we record this podcast, we're sitting here in early February, and the title of your article is Planning for Spring Annual Forages, and spring seems kind of a long ways away, yet March is right around the corner, and to, for planting some of these spring annuals, really planting's not that far away.
1: That's right. When we're talking about some of these different cool season annuals, I'm referring to uh, oats, which is probably one of the more common ones, but also There are some spring triticale and spring barley varieties out there that work as well. And um, as far as the planting dates for those, we do like to see a a soil temperature of at least 42 to 45 degrees somewhere in there. And and typically that happens in uh, the latter part of March to certainly early April. And that'll vary a little bit depending on the, the location in the state that you are.
0: As I think about oats, spring triticale, barley, what are some things we need to think about in terms of seeding rate uh, that kind of for soil fertility we need to have in place as we think about growing a crop?
1: Sure. So when it comes to the seeding rates on these, you'll you'll see a a bit of variation in terms of some of the recommendations. But uh, with oats, for example, a a long standard uh, seeding rate has been about two bushels per acre. And and, and for oats that means uh, roughly anywhere from seventy five to eighty pounds, and the spring triticaleys or spring barley's might be a little bit heavier, uh, up to uh, up to hundred pounds per acre. But we have some we have done some studies here of the last couple of years, uh, specifically with oats that uh, that did look at varying seeding rates, and uh, one of the things we found is that we could. Uh, actually, you know, seed a bit lighter in terms of the pounds per acre. And I'm talking like, say, 50 pounds of um, 50 to 60 pounds per acre, and still have very similar yields to one might have uh, if they use that uh, full high seeding, seeding rate. So that can be just a little bit of a uh, save some on seed costs. As you think about soil
0: testing, soil fertility Again, I know it's going to depend on location and expected yield, but what are some things we need to think about in terms of available nutrients as we think about these spring crops?
1: Sure, and and typically when it comes to these uh, spring forage crops, uh, nitrogen is going to be the primary uh, nutrient that is needed, and certainly, yes, we always do recommend a soil test to really find out exactly where you are in terms of the soil fertility levels. But, but in general, um, for uh, you know, a rain fed or a non-irrigated uh, oats crop, for example, um, 40 to, to 50 pounds of nitrogen may be uh, required or needed to really get the, the most uh, possible forage yield out of that crop
0: as you think about utilizing this crop, I mean, there is the option of grazing, there's the option of chopping it for silage, putting it up as hay. How do you think about that? How do you think about specifically
1: grazing management as we think about spring annuals? Sure. Well, first of all, all, all three of these, whether it be the oats, the spring barley, or the spring truticale are, you know, pretty much equally suited for grazing or hay or silage, as you mentioned. But, um, and, and also with that, one of the things we can see is that they can be mixed. So, you know, if, uh, for example, um, you were, had an interest in, in, in mixing these three different species together, that'll work just fine. But typically with that early spring planting date, um, we're looking at those to be ready to be grazed roughly about the third or fourth week week of May. And from what I've seen, they they generally seem to be fairly slow growing uh, during that uh, latter part of April and into early May. But once once we get that third or fourth week of May, they can really take off and and grow quite fast. So um, we do wanna be ready if we're grazing these uh, so they don't really get away from us. And then on the haying side or silage side of things, um, typically you know that's done in the third to fourth week of June, uh, when we see those um, those forages in the elongation stage. Some of the seed heads will probably be starting to to emerge. There can be some differences. Uh, you know, between varieties in terms of their days to maturity or, or days to hay harvest, if you will, but it's generally a relatively small period or small number of days.
0: Dr. Valeski, you men- mentioned the option of maybe having a mixture of these. What would be an advantage of having a mixture of two or three of these together versus just
1: planting a straight triticale or oats or, or barley? Uh, well, sometimes, um, Again, with these three species, although they're somewhat similar in their uh, uh, days of maturity, the advantage of the mixture can have uh, some benefits in that. For example, the the barley. The barley tends to be a really much more um, leafy and tends to stool out or tiller out more. And so having that particular characteristic in there, particularly if it's being grazed, can certainly benefit and maybe extend the grazing period a little bit. Dr. Valeski, anything else on this topic
0: you think would be valuable to think about as people plan for and think about utilizing spring annuals
1: this year? Sure. Well, pe- field peas are, is another, um, I guess, common species or legume that sometimes you'll see included with one of these cereal grains. And with the, with the field peas, uh, Generally, that uh, typically increases the forage quality that you'll see because of the peas being a legume. And then also there's a little bit of a nitrogen fixation provided by the peas that can can benefit the the grassy type cereal grain it's growing with. And the field peas too, they're they're very similar in terms of, uh, are compatible with those small grains in terms of the, the length of time, you know, from planting to when they're ready for harvest. And then also um, some people could consider is specifically if they have grazing in mind for their spring annual forage, they could include some uh, Italian ryegrass in that mix. and that Italian ryegrass um, it's a little bit slower growing, you know really probably not really taking off into June. but with that ryegrass in the mix you'll you'll have a longer grazing period into July. it just tends to regrow much better than some of these small grain cereals.
0: Dr. Valesky, I realize a lot of variability here, but as people think about expected grazing days or how much could you expect for grazing with these annuals, what's the ballpark number to kind of think about an estimate?
1: Sure, when it, when it comes to the grazing, well, let me, first of all, if we think about uh, the expected hay yield and just kind of base it off of that, typically if we're looking at hay yield, we're in that uh, minimum of at least about three tons per acre. And in some cases, if it's an ideal spring, uh, we maybe did uh, have a good fertility program. We might even be up into the four ton per acre hay yield range. And then grazing, uh, that really translates to about uh, a grazing period of six weeks with a stocking rate of, uh, I believe it's about a pair and a half to two cow-calf pairs per acre. So you're, you're going to be harvesting um, that forage off in, in, in roughly a six-week period. Dr. Valeski, any
0: resources you'd point folks to to learn more about utilizing spring annuals?
1: You certainly could check uh, the, the beef.unl.edu edu website, and we do have some uh, publications and I believe some webinars out there on uh, exactly more details on, on using these spring annual forages. Well, thanks again for joining me today. No problem. Thank you. Well, as Dr.
0: Veleski mentioned, there are a number of resources at the beef.unl.edu website on this topic, both NEB guides and webinars there. And so if you have additional questions on that, I would encourage you to see the website or contact Dr. Jerry Veleski. And again, he's based at the West Central Research and Extension Center.